Welcome back to the Unanimous Decision Podcast. I am your host, D-Palm. Follow me on Twitter at D-Palm66. Follow the show on Twitter at UDPod. Follow the entire MTR network at, you guessed it, the MTR network. You found us. Don't you dare lose us. Subscribe or not to you and subscribe on Spotify. Subscribe everywhere you get your podcasts for absolutely free. What a crazy last few weeks in sports. Excited to be able to talk about it with you guys. But first and foremost, wanted to point you to a guest appearance I did. I was on a guest on the Transmissions podcast at the end of May. I sat down for over an hour and talked about everything. We talked about Transformers, of course. We also talked about the inspirational power of storytelling, which, of course, is why I love sports in the first place. You can find a link to that podcast in the show notes down below. Love Wally gagging. Let's get talking about what's going on. Before I talk about anything else, before I talk about Liv, before I talk about uh, 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 Saban going to D.C., before I talk about Lionel Messi, before I talk about the finals, I want to talk about one thing, one thing very important. There's a lot of manufactured conversation in some sports media about ratings and why they discuss the ratings is because it's an easy thing to talk about. It's a it's a way they say they gauge national interest and it may be posited as in wrestling as a way to measure how the health of a business. One to disabuse anyone of the wrestling thing, they've already paid for rights fees. They're not their rate their pay doesn't change based on how people watch. Is it leveraged for the next rights fees? Yeah, but that's not your job. They pay people for that. Don't do their work for free. And speaking of doing their work for free, stop talking about ratings with people in public. Stephen A. Smith does it because he has to. They already sold those ads. They've got to fill the airtime. But you talking about, is anyone watching this finals? What a low-rated final. Hey, man, watch what you want. What do you care what anyone else is doing? Am I saying this because I've had to bail on two Panthers Stanley Cup finals games because they just got out of the hand? Yeah, I am. The ratings won't be there for Daniel's house, but I care and I'm invested. I just would like the Panthers to put up a fight. Um, I'm recording this the day after, I think, the day right around the day when Live in the PGA Tour merged. For those of you who don't know anything about the story, first of all, weird. Second of all, okay. So I want to say 2020, 2021, Saudi, the, the, the investment fund of the Saudi Arabian government decided to essentially start their own competing golf entity. So thus was born live. They trotted out a, we'll say cocaine-ish Phil Mickelson to pitch this endeavor, this endeavor with as you may remember, a government that recently bone-sawed an American journalist to death. Everyone was upset. Everyone was mad. Then Liv started cutting people checks. And the numbers we heard were the numbers that were getting turned down. Allegedly, Tiger Woods turned down $900 million. The PGA marched Rory McIlroy out there. To basically publicly shide those who chase the dollars, who chase the Saudi oil money. And then everything changed. Because in with the backdrop of lawsuits and the backdrop of majors allowing live players to play, the inevitable occurred. The money won. Welcome. 
to pure, unfettered capitalism. And there's someone listening right now, someone who I know and love, some of my friends who are listening to this and saying, hey, man, find a company in America that isn't dirty. And I would say to you, correct. But that is some cynical, empty shit that hollows out societies. That's some... Um, the bad guys will have should have might have guns, so we should all have guns type shit. And when I say unfettered, boundless evil capitalism, I'm not just saying this through the lens of my own like evolving and growing perspective with all this shit. I'm talking about a company that had zero value. A company that was paying the CW to use their streamer. That's right. Their media deal was we're paying to show our shit. A product that had zero value. That had zero leverage. Came back with these terms. The Saudi PIF Public Investment Fund is now the exclusive investor to the new golf entity. The fund has a right of refusal to any new investment. For those of you who don't speak dirtbag, they fucking bought golf. Yeah. And there are folks like me who never watched the PGA Tour on a weekend. They're not going to lose my eyeballs. But there's a reputational hit when you spend two and a half fucking years telling us how evil this thing is. And now guess what? They're the bosses. They've been some upsides, not upsides, points of levity. There's been the tweet I've seen floating around that in the merger, the PGA will get holes 1 through 8 and 12 through 18, and Saudi does 9-11. That's funny. I chuckled. There's also a tweet floating around. I'll probably link it in the show notes here as well, where you get to watch... Bryson defending bone saws on and 9-11 on television. Like, you get to watch Richmond squirm, which is objectively funny. But this isn't worth it. I'm not happy that their squirming is in the name of a sports washing that will go down in the history books as a successful purchase of golf. They'll erase the two years of all the PGA saying, hey, this is a bad thing. Don't chase the money. Or Tiger Woods saying no to a billion fucking dollars. Like, how? Like, okay. Everyone's upset. We'll talk about some people who are upset in a second. I'm upset. I'm not, oh my God. I said no to a billion dollars and I still got to work for these motherfuckers. I'm not that upset. And the, the lesson here has been that they learned this the same time we did. That the, the tour participants were made aware of these changes right as we were. And that's crazy to me, man. That's crazy to me. Apparently there was a meeting held that night. I'm going to read from 
a telegraph report. Grayson Murray, the 227th player, ranked player in the world, shouted for Monahan to resign from his post as PGA Tour Commissioner. Don't worry, buddy, he's gone. We don't trust you, Jay. You lied to our face, Murray report reportedly shouted. In response, Roy McElroy just told Murray, just play better, Grayson. <laughs> now, I don't know how these meetings went. I'm not allowed in these rooms of rich white men deciding, arguing about how much richer they're about to become. That's not where I live. But I imagine like a large like conference room or maybe a, like a, a, a team meeting room in a football facility. And I imagine the man in the front taking these barbs and arrows from people like Grayson Murray, the 227th ranked player in the world. We don't trust you, Jay. <laughs> and in my mind's eye, from another part of the room, like way away, all you hear is Roy say, just play better, Grayson. <laughs> oh, that may not be funny to you, but that shit is hilarious to me. I love a good chirp guy. I love a guy who will just chirp. And I love the fact that Rory still hates Liv. Rory, they asked him about his bosses. Rory's like, fuck him. I don't like him. Like, <laughs> this has the opportunity to be the funniest thing in the world. What else happened there? Oh, another big sports story. Lionel Messi's going to Miami. And you're talking about people saying no to the money. And I'm not saying that's what Lionel Messi did. I am saying that's how his PR should probably spin it. But... Lionel Messi allegedly turned down $1.6 billion over the next three years to play in, with the, for the Saudis. And he's going to enter Miami, the MLS. That's a big deal. Like, that's a huge deal. I don't care. Like, yeah, it's Messi's not Messi in America, comma, yet. You look at some of these investors, some of these guys who've gotten on the ground floor of this. That's pretty, like, this is the thing that builds football or soccer, whatever the fuck you want to call it. This is how you build. And what's, like, inevitable, it's going to get big enough to where, and because you promise returns of a certain percentage every year, and this is getting into my deep, 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 deep beliefs <laughs> at this point. But it does say that, the investment fund will eventually buy the MLS and as vengeance. And um, we deserve it because this is what happens when you guys just let, when we let greed dominate and lead. Speaking of greed, the former head of the USFL has announced he will be launching a spring high school football league. He'll be taking some of the elite talents from all over parts of the country, including Atlanta, and featuring them on some sort of broadcast. Uh, 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 I don't know. There's so many different ways to show things these days. So my question is, you don't announce unless you've got some sort of backing, and you don't have backing unless you've got broadcast partners. So we've got broadcast partners, we've got backing. There's money being made. And I know what you're thinking, well, how just how will they pay these high school kids? The answer is the same bullshit the NCAA has lied to you with for the last few years, name, image, and likeness. And I think I've been like kind of specific as to how it's bullshit, but I'm going to do it one more time because every podcast is someone's first podcast. Now, the NIL deals or name, image, and likeness are being 
shown or being presented as an opportunity for an athlete to monetize himself. But in reality, you've given this athlete whose jobs include school and sport and not in that order, you give this athlete another job. The money's out there, kid. You just got to find it. Meanwhile, here's a water slide in your gym, in your locker room because we've got to hide a lot of this money because we're technically nonprofits. You see what I'm saying? Like, you see the problems here? Is it more clear now that we've gone to the high school granular level that you're seeing that he's going to take elite players from high schools, not pay them any of the fees or broadcasting rights, but pay, allow them to benefit off NIL? Is anyone else seeing it yet? Someone who is definitely seeing it is Nick Saban. He's taking a lobbying group to, to D.C., to Congress, to have them put restrictions on NIL. There's an old saying about horses and barns that applies here, but you ask yourself why? Because the next logical step for this, if these is the push for employment, and with that will come a push for collective bargaining. The NCAA football game is coming back. Exciting times. This is not an ad read. They paid me my money for when they used me. I got mine. But the new deal that's been signed on behalf of the players each player gets $500. That would have worked in no three. I'd have taken my five and been good. But I made more than that for the two seasons I was in and my settlement check. I think it was the cover of one of our first podcasts here. Like if you can go back when we still used different images, you can see my settlement check from EA. It's bigger than $500 and I was only on there two years. That's wild. And you could say, oh, this kid's got a raw deal. Of course they did. They're fighting a system designed to give them raw deals. You're fighting a system that told them that they weren't employees, so they couldn't unionize and collectively bargain this with a publisher that talked to someone in your life about how they feel about EA as a developer and then just step back and let them go. This is microtransactions college football. And it's got to be stopped. Speaking of digital college football, Michael Vick will always be a Madden legend. Before he was a Madden legend, he was an NCAA legend. He's on the ballot for the 2024 College Football Hall of Fame. And if Vick gets in, I'm finding a way to go. They do that shit in Atlanta. I know people that know people. I'll make some calls. We're going to make it happen. Let's do this here. Speaking of video games, they've announced Josh Allen will be on the cover of Madden 24. And uh, Bills fans, if you thought you weren't going to win anything before, whoo, buddy, y'all, uh, this is uh, not great. Ask about Madden curses. Did y'all hear Shannon Sharp and Skip breaking up? I even heard they floating around names of replacement, Shady McCoy which would be a horrible idea. I'll say this. Everything's at work till it's not. Now, what does that mean? That means that I'll believe it when Shannon stops showing up, stops talking about Club Shay Shay on Fox Sports, 
Because this right here is the most anyone ever talks about that show. Do you see clips on YouTube? Of course you do. Or excuse me, Twitter? Yeah. Social media? They're hitting the social media because they're so ridiculous. But I can read ratings. It's not moving numbers. It's not maybe it's moving Fox Sports numbers, but it's not moving any real numbers. And if Shannon leaves, who in that seat dealing with that motherfucker every day has grown and changed and evolved as a media presence. If Shannon's not next to Skip, then what are we doing here? What's the show? And I know I joked about Shady McCoy. I don't know if it's true or if it's not. But I do know this. It may be harder and harder to find someone willing to sit next to old Skip. Because this week, Skip Bay was on national television just to get some clicks on Twitter. Revealed information about Jimmy Butler that had been withheld purposefully. And I don't feel comfortable saying what it is. You can Google and see what is Jimmy, what does Skip say about Jimmy Butler. But I don't know, man. It feels beyond the pale to me. Um, and I know it's, 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 it's uh, Skip. So I, I get it. He's a piece of shit. But this is like a level of shittiness that I honestly didn't expect or can't really excuse. And I'm joking about them trying to find a, a hard thing to fill that seat because you can sit in that seat and not even have to talk bad about black people. Um, <laughs> like, let's just sit next to an annoying white person for an hour every day. I'm sure we, many of us are doing that every day. I'm not. I got my own office. But I'm sure I have in the past. So maybe that job isn't that bad. Maybe it's not. But man, whew, seems like a hot seat to sit in. Just deal with Skip all day, every damn day. John Morant. So before game one of the finals tipped off, uh, the commission came out and said that they had been made a decision that he and the PA had come to agreement on the suspension for Ja and that it be announced after the finals. The NBA knows how sad we're going to be when these finals are over. They're dropping trailers for the offseason. <laughs> Any second now, you'll hear how long John Morant's going to be out. And, like, I don't know. I have no connections to anybody whatsoever. If they set him down for half a season, I'd shrug my shoulders and be okay with it. If they set him down for the number, I think the, the number is – I think you, you can only miss 18 or 20 games and still be eligible for all the contract altering all NBA stuff. So they said down for 15, that's still like a, a, a cut shave, a, a close shave um, from that perspective. But I'll say this. Everyone's saying that Jaws friends have bad, the bad influences or they make bad decisions. I can vouch that they make bad decisions. I can prove that beyond a shadow of a doubt because they keep hanging out with Jaws. Morant's gun-waving ass. It's never the homies waving the gun. The one this time, dude's filming him, notices his job waving the gun, and then pulls the like They're doing everything they can to keep this motherfucker not in trouble. And 
There's going to be some ridiculous, like, the leaks that come from Joss Camp after this are going to be ridiculous. So you're going to hear something like, to the effect of, he was excited because he just got his gun clean, or like, whatever. You're going to hear something ridiculous. And the NBA has to listen to it and take it seriously because that union's not for jokes. But I think it is uh, more incumbent on him to figure out why this keeps happening. And I don't mean this in like particular with the gun. That's a American thing. That's uh, he's a kid programmed by America living in Memphis. I get if he's going to be acting out, a gun makes a little bit of sense. But the question is, what's the acting out? Like, what is the knowingly acting stupid? Like, knowingly making decisions that are injurious to you. The running joke uh, with my wife and I is that I am the least risky of my risky friends. And the riskiest of my moderate friends. In that I try <laughs> to make decisions that I could be able to defend later. That I, I'm part of this going up with a lawyer for a mother. Why'd you do that? You always have to have an answer. And this is part of that training or 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 mental illness that I've developed from that. But I always gotta feel like, how would I be able to defend this if Everyone can see me. How would I defend this? And Ja is incapable of making a right decision, it seems like. It's not even like he's actively making wrongs. It's like, oh, he's he's bombed the test on purpose. And that tells you that maybe, just maybe, there's something more going on with that young man. I promise, Michael, uh, don't get mad at me, but I am going to talk about the Lakers for a second. Just hold on. I promise I'm going to talk about your team. But did you see LeBron James killed Golden State? Did everyone see it? Because Bob Myers is gone. And for all the years I've been trying to shut the doors on these motherfuckers, I got to say, overpaying Draymond Clay and Jordan Poole is a great way to help me finally fucking do it. And then skate off and do whatever your next endeavor is. Go rebuild somewhere. I don't care. He's no longer in, I was going to say Oakland, but they moved. Probably shouldn't have moved. Seems like a curse. I'm just saying, like, honestly, I'm still blown away about last year's finals when they came back and won that one. But it's got to be over, right? This has to be the end. I do think Draymond's going to go to Phoenix and play for uh, the Michigan State guy. I do think Clay Thompson is a shell of a shell of himself. And maybe he can regain some of that lateral quickness that helped him become such a three and D important guy, but he's not even running as fast off screens anymore. Like it's very interesting to see what his game's going to evolve into. And like Steph has done that thing where we're like, Oh, I'm not sure he can carry a team. And then we watch him do it. And you're like, Oh, that's terrifying. He's still an older on the older side of this. He played his four in college and his body has broken down and betrayed him in the past. So I don't know. I Don't bet against Golden State, but this is the first year I'm like, well, we should bet against Golden State. The question now is, and again, Michael, I, I noticed I didn't call you Mike. Please don't cuss me out. The question that's next is, what does LeBron do? He's retiring, but he ain't going nowhere. The All-Star Games in L.A. in two years. There's your retirement party. They made a lot of big moves down the stretch to make the Western Conference Finals. Got them brooms. Um, from the Nuggets, who very much well could be the champions. But what's next? You've got an inconsistent AD. I think that's just kind of a running theme at this point. And Darvin Ham is 
good. Like we've proved there's one thing that I learned this postseason. Darvin Ham is good. And guess what? This whole like, oh, Braun wants to be with Braun anything. That may not happen because I've been 18. I don't know if I wanted my dad on my team at 18. You know what I'm saying? Like, as cool as it is for LeBron, it may not be cool for Bronny. I'll tell you one thing he's not going to do. He's not going to take a buyout from the Lakers so he can go join Kyrie and uh, Luka in fucking Dallas. Nope, 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 no. But we don't even know if Kyrie's coming back next year. Out here, my sources say that Kyrie wants LeBron to join him in Dallas. Sources can also tell you Daniel Palmer would love for LeBron to join him as a Hawk. Like, let's do this, baby. Like, I'm not signed to the Hawks. Kyrie's not signed to the Mavericks. How is this any different? Okay, it's a little different, but like it's not completely different. And now we get to the finals. And this is going to push published right before game three tips off. So I, this isn't going to be like a uh, granular who's going to win game three. I don't even know. I'll tell you this. After game two, I'm paying a lot more attention to the rest of this series. Because I thought for game one, I was like, look, they ain't got no answer for the big fella. The, mo the mother dude is hitting them shots. And then game two happened. And the heart of a championship happened in Miami. And I was like, oh, what are we seeing here? So I'm looking at the two teams right now. Let's make a case for Miami. I'll tell you, first and foremost, there's all this undrafted shit, these undrafted players. That shit's starting to feel like an insult and a slap in the face. Yeah, they weren't drafted. Does that say more about NBA front office's evaluation of talent? Or to say something about the system and culture, I hate to say it, that they've built in Miami. Because they've taken the Struces, the Duncan Robinsons, they've taken Tower Hero on the bench. And they went into three series before this one where you said, you know, look at this, there's a definite, definitive, clear, present talent advantage on the side of the Milwaukee Bucks. And they dusted the Bucks. You didn't say none of that shit about the Knicks because we all knew fucking frauds. But you definitely said it against uh, Boston. And you definitely said it louder once Boston came back from 3-0. It was 3-3. The whole nation as a people were cheering against Boston. But them networks, they know how to spin Boston. They know how to sell us Boston. The network wanted Boston. And what happened? They ran them off the parquet. Accepted them trophies on their floor. Undrafted. Cultured? How about cultured? How about our third leading scores on the bench and we made this run cultured? How about the fact that 25% of all NBA finals have involved Pat Riley? Either as a player, coach, or an executive. That's absurd. How about this? I'm going to give you the four coaches who've made the most conference finals in their career. Phil Jackson's made 14. Of course he has. Pat Riley, as a coach, made 12. Pop, as a coach, 10. Spoh's got seven. Then three guys tied with six. He's the best coach currently in the NBA. And... I got to give him his flowers because he has found ways to push the right buttons, to pull the right knobs, like to, 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 to orchestrate 
this team in a way that you rarely get to see on this level. Bravo, Eric Spolstra. The case for the Nuggets. Nikola Jokic is horrifying. Nikola Jokic does things on a basketball court with a basketball that should not work. Yet work they do every damn time. I heard the argument that people don't like, people aren't relating as much to Jokic because it's not the uh, it's not the, the high-flying athleticism. You know who else wasn't that and became the darling of the league? Steph Curry. Because little kids could see, like, oh, I can shoot from way back there. Why aren't there more, like, backup tackles who think, who look at Nikola Jokic and say, I can do this. Where is the love, the unearned love, my friends, that Tyler Hansbrough enjoyed as a member of the Carolina Pan or Carolina Tar Heels? Where is that? Is it because he's the, the, the Okic part? If this was Tyler Hansborough, would be would the would the whole Midwest be going nuts? Would it be a real fan favorite? I don't know. I'll tell you this though. You look at who's gonna win this series. Mike Malone ain't, Michael Malone, I apologize, coach. Michael Malone ain't no Joe Missoula. Joe Missoula got eaten alive by a zone he knew was coming. <laughs> Mike Malone ain't gonna let that shit slide, man. You saw at the end of game two, he rushed the possession at the end because he knew if he gave them time to set up. If they call the timeout and let Spoke call a defense, nah, baby, don't want no part of that. And the last thing in the favor of the Nuggets is, look, this undrafted shit's got to matter at some point, right? Like, I know it's cute. It's a great story. All these undrafted players playing about themselves, yada, yada, yada. Hey, man, you going to send Max Drews in the zone at me? And a lot of game two was the Nuggets not hitting shots. But... I feel like there's got to be more of an answer. When you've got this level of a talent discrepancy, when you're when Aaron Gordon is as athletic as Jimmy Butler, but like six inches taller, there's got to be more than we just won't get eaten alive by these undrafted folks. And yes, even now, it sounds like an insult. But what do we love in this country more than anything else? An underdog story. You don't get much more underdog than Max Struess and Caleb Martin. That was your show. There is no outro. We'll give you something on later this week, too. Have a great rest of your night.